Welcome back to a special series of MLEX podcasts designed to make sense of 2023 and what the new year is likely to bring. My name is James Paniki. I'm MLEX's Asia-Pacific Senior Editor, and it's great to have your company. Today, we're off to the United States, where big tech is facing a particularly big year of antitrust enforcement and policy developments, although it remains unclear whether digital platforms will in fact suffer significant setbacks as a result of this flurry of activity. Gushita Vasant is MLEX's chief antitrust correspondent for the US. She's based in Washington, D.C., but is on a well-deserved break in India at the moment. Kushita filed this 2023 look-ahead from Mumbai. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that 2023 will be a big year for big tech. It will be an eventful year for sure, but will we see wins or humiliation for U.S. antitrust agencies and lawmakers pushing an aggressive enforcement agenda? It remains to be seen. I think it's going to be a mixed bag. The battle between advocates of the consumer welfare standard and the neo-Brandeisians will continue to rage on in the US. Efforts on Capitol Hill to make another attempt at passing antitrust legislation to curtail the power of big tech companies will see more resistance in 2023 than in the first 20 months of US President Joe Biden's administration. And federal U.S. antitrust enforcers will continue to find themselves in a race against time to deliver on their enforcement agenda. I'm going to divvy up the look ahead for 2023 U.S. antitrust in three parts. Policy, litigation, and legislation. Let's start with policy and see what's happening at the FTC next year. FTC Chair Lena Khan is done getting her feet wet after nearly 18 months in office and has swung into action fulfilling a promise to bring back lesser-used legal tools to fix competition problems in the U.S. economy. One of these is the Robinson-Batman Act, an underutilized tool that is now getting a fresh look. It remains a fiercely criticized and debated law, and many see it as the FTC protecting smaller businesses instead of encouraging and maintaining competition. Actually, even FTC Charlina Khan and her fellow Commissioner Alvaro Bedoya concede that this law is imperfect. But a consumer case exists for agencies to enforce it, well, specifically the FTC to enforce it. Another area where the FTC has shaken things up is its new guidance on what Section 5 enforcement means. This is another policy move that has invited scathing comments from proponents of the consumer welfare standard. The broad wording of Section 5 gives the agency power to make rules that addresses unfair methods of competition. It outlaws predatory pricing, unfair supply rebates, and other abusive monopolistic tactics. The antitrust lawyers I spoke to gave me mixed responses on what this means. Some are clearly worried about what it means for their clients, and they're advising them to document every pro-competitive benefit of their business activity. Others, frankly, aren't too bothered because they say no proper precedent exists for what Lena Khan is embarking on, on doing. Nevertheless, it'd be interesting to see the FTC's first Section 5 case under this new aggressive policy. So that's the FTC. Over at the DOJ, Antitrust Division Chief Jonathan Cantor has his hands full with bringing tools also that have rarely ever been used. He's bringing them back in vogue, and one of them is Section 8 of the Clayton Act. So Cantor and his team are cracking down on interlocking board seats between competing companies. Uh, the FTC also identifies interlocking board seats as a key enforcement area. 
So if there's one area where private practitioners are seeing a lot of client in inquiries, it's this. The defense bar will also be watching for other cases the DOJ will seek to bring under Section 2. This is criminal monopolization. This is another dusty tool that hasn't been used in 45 years. And this brings me to litigation. So at the DOJ, both civil lawsuits and criminal lawsuits will head to trial. Let's start with the criminal side. The DOJ is making good on its years-old promise to file criminal charges against companies that agree not to hire each other's employees. Anti-competitive conduct in the labor market, such as wage fixing and no-poach agreements, for instance, amongst defense companies or home healthcare staffing companies will see trials in the first quarter of the year. But the DOJ will also have to jump through hoops. They'll have to meet certain evidentiary standards. They'd have to meet uh, uh, certain legal standards. There have been accusations that the DOJ is attempting to uh, impose a novel theory of harm. And just usually, multi-defendant lawsuits, which the DOJ is doing a lot of, are time and resource intensive, and they require a few million dollars to litigate. So after the string of losses the DOJ faced in 2022, in its chicken price fixing lawsuits and other labor trials, there's a lot at stake here for them. And then the DOJ's first ever criminal monopolization case will head to trial in Texas. This is a case against more than 10 defendants in the transmigrante forwarding industry on the US-Mexico border. And on the civil side, in September, Google will be fighting a lawsuit which, in which the DOJ accuses it of making it too difficult for rival search engines to compete. The DOJ says Google signed agreements with Android phone makers to preload Google's search engine on their phones. This is the most important U.S. antitrust action filed against a tech company since the DOJ lawsuit against Microsoft in 1998. And finally, legislation. 2021 and 2022 saw bipartisan lawmakers uh, from both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party put in an immense effort in pushing antitrust legislation through committees in both the Senate and the House, but their efforts met with resistance when it came to full Senate and House votes. On the 3rd of January, we'll have the 118th Congress taking charge. What does this all mean for antitrust legislation specifically? Well, the odds of a Republican-led House pushing aggressive antitrust bills are slim because both parties' positions on the issue are kind of mixed. But thankfully, in the final days of 2022, the U.S. Congress passed a $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill. Uh, this includes amendments to two key pieces of antitrust laws aimed at controlling the dominant market power of big tech companies. One of them is the Merger Filing Fees Modernization Act. This gives the FTC and the DOJ uh, more funding to hire more attorneys and uh, invest in skills. Uh, the other is the State Antitrust Enforcement Venue Act. And we will see the passage of these bills come to fruition in 2023. Anyway, the results of years of work on tech bills kind of remains underwhelming because more powerful laws to control tech companies did not pass. And so as it stands, other jurisdictions in the world are doing a much better job at policing America's digital platforms. So it's going to be an eventful and busy year with lots of trials, a lot of action on Capitol Hill, a lot more lobbying, 
and Mlex is going to bring you all the news. Yes, we certainly will. And that was the voice of Kushita Vasant, our chief antitrust correspondent for the US. She was speaking to us at the end of 2022 as part of a series of special podcasts here at MLEX to look at what lies in store for 2023. We'll be sending out more New Year reflections over coming days and weeks, so keep an eye on your feed. If you're not already a subscriber to MLEX's podcast, don't hesitate. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify and Stitcher. And at our website, you can find an archive of podcasts from the past few years, along with the very best reporting and analysis from MLEX journalists around the world. Our web address is mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. Just click on the News Hub tab. And that's it for today. The podcast is produced and presented by me, James Paniki. We were published with the assistance of our marketing team in London. And the podcast's executive producer is Richard Thompson. And from everyone here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you for your company. Bye for now. Bye for now.